0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the IBC Podcast where we sit down and dive deeper into our messages as well as talk about what's going on in the life of our church. Welcome back to the IBC Podcast. My name is Jared Landreth. I'm the Creative Arts and Worship Minister here at IBC and we are so excited uh, to have the one and only Scott Schooler in the building with (laughs) us. Pretty exciting (laughs) this morning, Uh, man. We we wrapped up uh, the book of Ezra and our study in Ezra this past Sunday, and uh, man, it was it was a a great time, and we really um, uh, gleaned a lot from a book that is on the surface an odd choice for a uh, book to preach from at the end of an interim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it worked well. Yeah. Yeah. You know so.
1: Aaron came with that idea and uh, I believe Aaron's a wise man that really seeks the Lord, so we ran with it and I think it was beneficial for everybody. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, Scott, um
0: we uh we were reminiscing on mission trips of past uh recently and uh you guys just got back from your uh uh construction, men's construction trip and uh i'm curious what are what are your top three
1: <laughs> tools
0: <laughs> the that, top
1: three well uh, we're you're, both you're, we're both construction guys so we've got uh, garages full of table saws and planers and bandsaws and all of that but really honestly i think <laughs> i think the three most important are the uh, sledgehammer yep and Gotta beat the, stuff. Uh, the duct tape. Yep. And the WD 40. the WD 40. Those are the top three. <laughs> those are more when, like when, when, supplies. All, when, all, <laughs> when all else fails and I can't get it to work, grab the duct tape and yep. the wood glue. And and. Uh, and if those don't work, it, just hit in it in with my, a sledgehammer. In, mecha- <laughs> in my mechanical abilities. Uh, heavy duty sledge and uh, some WD 40. <laughs> you, you know what? This and... would
0: be a great top three question for Aaron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably probably Aaron doesn't know uh, really how to use Kaylin, those, actually. though. Really? <laughs> Oh, uh, that's funny. Uh, well, one thing about it, you may not learn anything on the podcast, but we sure have a good time. Oh, doing man. It, so. We at least have a good time. <laughs> I don't know right. if people yeah, have they, a good time listening they think to we're it. Idiots, but go ahead. Go ahead. Let's well, talk thankfully, about Ezra. they just have
0: this episode and one more episode to yeah, listen then to. Then we us. get the doctor. <laughs> then we get booted. Dr. Jack so. will be here. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, Talk hey, we, we finished up uh, Ezra. We, we studied Ezra chapter 9 and 10. Um, but could you give us a quick uh, kind of recap of first, um, first what uh, the book of Ezra sure. has been about? Um, sure. As it's about the return.
1: Up. It's about the return of the exiles that had been exiled after their sin, which we talked about from Deuteronomy chapter 7, just continual sin against the lord and the lord allowed the pagan nations to come in and defeat them and then they were exiled for 70 years. They lived in exile until the Persian kings <coughs> excuse me uh, under the leadership of the lord allowed that remnant to come back. So just a small remnant we talked about that yesterday too that of the possible millions that had been exiled out only 50,000 came back or around that. Mm-hmm. And um they came back for the purpose of reestablishing proper worship. Yeah and coming back to the Promised Land. So they, <clears throat> they return. They rebuild the altar. Uh, proper worship and the sacrificial system is beginning to be reinstated of course you need the uh, the temple for all of that and they go through the process of that and on mm-hmm. in Nehemiah rebuilding the walls but it's just about the return of the people and really yeah. it's all about God's grace because mm-hmm. they were not deserving right uh, of God's grace but yet God kept his promise mm-hmm. brought that remnant back what we talked about yesterday in closing out Ezra chapter 9 and 10 was the fact that just in a in a matter of a few years uh, a number of the people and really a number of the prominent leaders mm-hmm. had fallen back into the same sin that had caused them to be exiled in the first place, that yeah. marrying of foreign wives. And, and it wasn't so much that they had married foreign wives. It was because God told them not to, but God told them not to because he knew that they would bring their those foreign wives' gods and their worship, their pagan worship, yeah, into their worship of Yahweh and that would cause, uh, well, it would anger the Lord, and it would cause them to not honestly and truly worship God. Yeah. So that was the deal. And it's really fascinating. As I shared yesterday, we look at our lives and the sins that we struggle with, all mm-hmm. of us as Christians, and we fall into these sins, and God through his discipline draws us back. Right. And we honestly and earnestly repent of that sin and the initial thought is, I'm never going back to that, right? But yeah, you know, how often do we find ourselves falling back into that same besetting sin? I like that term, besetting sin, yeah. because it sets us back. And the thing that that just a- astounds me from reading uh, God's promises, like I was reading in Exodus chapter 23, and God talks about after He's led them out of bondage in Egypt and He's taking them to the Promised Land all these things that he promises to do for them. And he even alluded to it in what we read yesterday that it it said there's these seven nations that are mightier than you. Mm -hmm. And I will fight your battles and you will be victorious and I will be your God and I will provide for all your needs. And all these things that only God can do in their lives and in our lives, if we'll just be obedient, Mm -hmm. if we'll just trust him. And it seems so simple but yet we're as stubborn as they are in that we think we know better or we just don't care. Let's just be honest. A lot of times with our sins, we don't care. We know what's coming, but we just don't care. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to kick you off the throne, God, and I'm going to do whatever I want. And it breaks the heart of God. It affects our witness and our ministry in the church. It affects, I think, the potential that our church has to reach our community. And, And God just sits back and I think he scratches his head and says if you guys would just trust me. Yeah. The amazing things I would do for you. What
0: why do you think that why do you think that it's so easy to just become passive to sin? Cuz I think I think if, if you asked any any believer about the sins that they might be committing in their life right. in that moment they're going to say yeah that's sinful I need to not do that but you know fast forward right know, a couple of days right. and here we they're, are they're back in it back in the sin yeah. like why 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 do we approach i think there's that multiple reasons passivity. i
1: think i think there's a couple of main reasons one we don't take sin serious we don't think it's that big of a deal because we take for granted the grace of god that's why i shared at the very end of our message yesterday Uh, the passage that talks about God will not be mocked. Do not be Mm -hmm. deceived is what Paul says. It's in Galatians. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that also shall he reap. And then he talks about if you sow to the flesh, then you're going to reap destruction and death. But if you sow to the Spirit, then you're going to reap eternal life. And I I think we don't understand the... The pain that sin causes the father. Uh, You're a father. I'm a father. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have two sons. I have one son. I would not allow my son to die for anyone, and I would quickly, in a heartbeat, die before I allowed my son to die. Um, But think of this, Jared. Think if you would allow one of your sons to die for somebody, Mm -hmm. and then they would belittle his death through their sin or take advantage of that. Um, I think that's why God says I'm not going to be mocked. You guys think that you can commit these sins and then just run to me with a not a, not a real repentance right. and not a real brokenness. That that's not the case. You can't yeah. dupe God. Right? You might dupe our friends and we might dupe ourselves, but we're not duping God. That's why yeah. that's why Ezra wasn't even guilty of the sin. But yet we read yesterday that he was distraught. Mm-hmm. He tore his clothing. He got on his face before God. He ripped out his hair and his beard. And uh, if you want to know what that feels like, I'll just reach over and rip your beard. Out. <laughs> well, there's that's, not much of a beard there, but That's <laughs> serious. I mean, and right. so we don't take sin seriously, we presume upon the grace of God, which I think in the end of it all we're going to realize that God is not going to be mocked. Mm-hmm. So those times where we think we can just go sin and then we'll go to God who's a God of grace, and he is. That's not repent that's yeah. not repentance. Yeah, you know, uh, I think
0: that's an interesting nugget to sit and meditate on and think about the fact about how distraught Ezra was for the sins of his people. Yeah, When's the last time that we yes. were distraught and heartbroken yes. and ashamed of the sin of our brothers and sisters yes. in our congregation?
1: You know, we, we have an advantage, you and I, over probably a lot of people within the church and that we know things. That are happening with the within the church, and it does grieve our hearts. Mm-hmm. When you love a people and you lead a people, and you celebrate with them the spiritual highs, but then when you see the brokenness, um, man, that's burdensome. That hurts. Mm-hmm. So we may not rip our clothing, and we may not, you know, throw dust in the air or whatever. But we we are broken before the Lord yeah. on behalf of our people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I agree with you, there needs to be a lot more of that. Yeah. If we would if we would deal with sin the way God desires for us to deal with sin, and I think what God would do in us individually and in us corporately, we would be astonished by that. Yeah. Uh, amazed. And and he, he's already so gracious yeah. to us.
0: But. I think I don't know, I think that a lot of that kind of comes down to not maybe necessarily a misunderstanding of how serious our sin is but i think that also comes can uh, our our misunderstanding of how holy god is yes i agree with because, that because because uh i think that well i i think we can have a misunderstanding of both because the distance between the two yes is like my depravity compared to another person's depravity might not be right as much, or might be, you right. know, might, might right. not be as right. much of a distance. Right. But, but when I put it when I God. when I put it in light of who God is yeah. and how holy and how powerful uh, and how mighty He is in comparison to how sinful and depraved I am, the equation, the math changes. Yes. Right. <laughs> and and so I think that I kind of think that that that's kind of a twofold thing. Like we have to understand first and foremost, like how how uh, Paul. Says in Romans three that that of Jews and Greeks that there there are none righteous, right. there are none who desire God. Right. There, right. There's not one; all have turned aside. And understanding that that we are included in that, and then also in the same breath, understanding that the God who spoke and all of this came to be, yeah, is the one who is the you know the the comparison.
1: Let me ask you a question. Let's flip seats. Okay. Do you ever feel like because we don't think we can measure up, we use that as a cop-out and as an excuse? I've got this holy God. I'm never going to be as holy as he is. I've got this besetting sin. I'm never going to have victory over that, so let's just not even fight. Yeah.
0: You know, Paul actually answers that in that same passage that I was just talking about in Romans 3. He says, um, he says... uh, sorry, I'm finding it really quick. He says, but if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say then? The God who inflicts wrath is not unrighteous, is he? Um, And he says, far from it. (laughs) And uh, so like in um, understanding that, uh, I think that the first step in accepting God's grace and coming to the knowledge of God's forgiveness is understanding that very fact that I am unable to achieve this yeah because uh, I think so often we 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 hear you know that it's all uh, we hear all the time in church and from our pastors and things like that 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 it's not about our works but for some reason it's so hard to
1: translate that to our hearts and to really Believe that and really yeah. understand that. I agree, hundred percent. You know, my my points yesterday were pretty simple. Matter of fact, when I was putting the sermon together, I thought, man, this is so simplistic. We talked about the problem, mm-hmm. we talked about the response, we talked about the solution, and mm-hmm. then the conclusion. Yeah. Um, and really, it all boils down to that. We mm-hmm. all have a sin problem. Yeah. And we will until the day we die. Yeah. Um, so we fight, but but the beauty of it is we have the Spirit of God living within us to help us to overcome those sins, even yeah. those ones that we think we can't have victory over. We can have victory over those if yeah. we want victory yeah. with the power of God working in us. And I, I'm constantly reminding, especially in our men's ministry, men, that you don't you don't earn God's favor in that he saves you. Mm-hmm. And you don't merit God's favor once you're his child in that he holds on to you. Yeah. Uh, we are saved by grace and we are sustained by grace mm-hmm. and what that ought to do and what that does for me is it motivates me and i know i've heard you talk when you're up there leading worship that we're 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 ugly guys if you look at the inside of yeah. us and everybody is. Yeah, we're all ugly because of sin, but when God looks at us, He sees a deep love for us, mm-hmm. just like we have for our children. And mm-hmm. and now I have grandsons, and it's even more amazing. <laughs> um, and I was talking to somebody yesterday about that how how much God has taught me about His love for us as a parent mm-hmm. and as a grandparent. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids drive me crazy at times? Yes. Did I want to rip my hair out? Yes. But I love them dearly, and and it's even better with grandkids. Yeah. And that's what? That's man's love. hmm That doesn't even equate to God's love. Yeah. And that's what I want our church family and those that listen to know. You have a God in heaven that loves you, and you don't have to fix yourself. God is in the business of fixing. He just asked you to do what Ezra did and the mm-hmm. people did. Just fall on your face in humble repentance and come to him and let him do what he can do. Stop trying to fix yourself and let God do that. He's in the business of fixing broken people.
0: Yeah, so that's great. Well, Scott, if you had two more minutes
1: um, in your sermon on Sunday morning, how would you have spent them? You know what? I had a whole point about consequences. And I hadn't seen the end of the video. Mm -hmm. And as as I was watching the end of the video, I thought, of all the things to cut (laughs) out of my sermon, I cut the consequences out. Uh, Because we have this thought that I'm going to go to God in my brokenness and real repentance, and God's going to forgive me, and he is, but he's also going to wipe away the consequences, Mm -hmm. and he's not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he does. Sometimes the consequences aren't as... And to be clear, we're talking about earthly present yes, yes, consequences. Yes, 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 I'm not talking about yes. eternal consequences. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Very, very good point. Yeah. No, Bible says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Right. So my sin now, even as a Christian, I will not be held accountable that, for that for all of eternity. But my sin now in this earthly body, yeah. there are consequences. Right. If I go out and do something against my wife, there are consequences. Mm-hmm. If I do something as a minister, I may get forgiveness from the church family. I may get forgiveness from God, but it may cost me mm-hmm. my career and my calling yeah. for the rest of my life. Right. So those I wanted to touch on consequences because just like in the video, that should be a deterrent. Yeah. If I and here's what I want to say to the people that are listening: we're really good at playing these things out in our mind. Well, why don't you play them out to the end? Mm-hmm. Don't just play it out to the point where it's it's the fun part of sin. Play it all the way out mm-hmm. and see what it might cost you. Yeah. And then ask yourself, am I willing to pay that price right. for that sin? Right. And that's a good deterrent. Yeah. So that there's some other stuff that I, I wanted to really land on the end of chapter 10, right? Where he outlines the guys, and I talked about this because you look at it and you think, my goodness, the whole nation fell in that sin, not the case. Mm-hmm. It was a small remnant of the remnant right. that fell into that sin, but it impacted the entire group. Mm. and that's what i was trying to drive home yesterday that's why i made the statement to the church family you know what if you don't care about yourself and your sin at least care about the rest of this family Mm -hmm. and how your sin impacts them care enough about others to stop the sin and the nonsense so anyway that's great getting at me preaching so (laughs) we better stop (laughs) yeah well well thanks again scott for uh coming on
0: this morning and uh uh, thank you so much for. I know you got one more sermon left still, but thank you so much for your uh, time and leadership and effort and energy in this in in this interim time. Um, you've been an incredible leader for our church. Well, and thank you. It's I, I been fun. Let me say to
1: the church family, thank you for always supporting your staff. You got a great staff and. We're excited about Jeff coming. I'm excited about Jeff coming. Yeah. I'm ready to say, Pastor, here it is. <laughs> yeah, but, but I have very much confidence that he's going to do a, an incredible job. Yeah, So absolutely. we are blessed. Absolutely. So, thank you, brother. Appreciate you as well. Yeah.
0: So. Well, we've got lots of things going on here at Emmanuel. We First off, we would love for you to join us in fellowship on Sunday mornings. Uh, as we gather to worship our Lord uh, corporately at 8:30, 9:45, and 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings, we all, you also can tune into our live stream at those times at ibcshawneeorg tv While you're there, you can click on the events page and see all of the great things that we have going on here at IBC. And uh, we we would love for you to join us and and come out and be a part of this community of believers. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.